Hi everyone, welcome to the 16th episode of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take a look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of Destiel fanfiction. And today, uh, we're going to be discussing Destiel in fairy tales. And to discuss their fic, true as it can be, we would like to welcome the author Welvin Wings. Hi guys! <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. You're very welcome. Um, and we're like, and now can I do a little bit of fangirling? Is that all right? <laughs> I'm going to. I'll try and I'll try and withstand it. Hold on, let me brace for it. Let me, let me, yeah, brace I'm yourself. Ready. Compliments uh, incoming. Oh, okay, so oh, no. we're oh, very God. we're super excited to have you because we've both been like big fans of yours for a while, <laughs> like since you know a few years now. So thank oh. you for coming to talk yeah, to I us. Think I think the first oh, no, thing I read so of much. yours was, yeah, it must have been at least three or four years ago, maybe three years ago, the first oh. thing I read of yours. Um, I remember oh, it wow. was, Okay. what's the title of it? Um, the one in the library, Checked Out, I think, was the first oh, thing yeah. I read of yours. Oh, yes. Oh, man, I loved writing that one so much. So many good memories. Oh, just yeah. hearing the name of it, I'm like, yes, my child. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been at least a couple years, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one was 2018. Um, yeah, way back in 2018 that I wrote that. So, wow, yeah, yeah. guys, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first fics I read in the fandom, I think, once I really started kind of getting into things. I think it was actually one oh, of really? the first ones I read. Yeah. How exciting. That's so cool. <laughs> I feel like strangely honored that's <laughs> nice well um in, in addition to true as it can be we're also going to um, talk about i will hang my head low which is by and i meant it to sting and also cinder wings by bending signpost who we had on in the last episode links to all of the fix we'll be talking about today will be available in the episodes post on mixtapebookclub.com and included in our collection on ao3 so fairy tales um i'm just doing a little blurb about fairy tales before we get into talking about it um everyone knows what a fairy tale is obviously but most of the the well-known fairy tales that we know of today have been popularized by disney basically like they're the cartoons that disney made of the retellings but most of them were originally um you know meant to be told in an oral tradition over like hundreds even thousands of years they're like really old stories that bring in magical creatures and myth- mythical things like unicorns and fairies and mermaids and like evil witches and all sorts of things like that so and each time they get retold they're a little different um, because that's just how oral traditions work even though in the like the brothers Grimm and um, collected a load of fairy tales or in Europe um, you know a couple hundred years ago um, now they've been retold in in multiple ways in books and films and all sorts of stuff so they're always changing and usually because they're meant to be told to children they have some kind of moral messaging or you know they don't always especially the older ones don't always have a happily ever after thing Um, some of them are quite horrible in their endings and a bit grisly at times Um, especially like the original Cinderella there was like cutting off pits of people's feet and all sorts of things do you remember have you Mm. guys seen that one yeah, that was mm-hmm. not pleasant, the original tale. Well, <laughs> who knows what the original tale was, but yeah, the, the 
the older versions of that were not that nice. I think that was like <laughs> the Brothers Grimm version that had the cutting off part. But anyway, they usually have some kind of moral messaging in there that, um, you know, to be told to children. I'll just add that if you um, are interested in the Brothers Grimm and their, the way that they collected fairy tales to, to write down, I'm going to do a bit of a, a book wreck here, like a real book that's not a fic. Oh, my God. Um, Kate Forsyth wrote a book called The Wild Girl, which is actually a retelling in itself. Um, I've forgotten the name of the, the fairy tale that it's retelling now. That's very silly of me. But, um, but the book itself is really awesome and it's like it's about one of the brothers Grimm had a wife whose name was Dorchen Wild. And so it's a story of her life in, in Germany in like the beginning of that 19th century and how she helped them to gather a bunch of fairy tales to put into their books. So it's worth a read. Um, cool. You know, I think I, I knew I recognised the title of the book when you were talking about it. I have it on my shelf upstairs. I just haven't got around oh, to reading fantastic. it yet. Fantastic. So I'll move it up my list. Yeah, she's an Aussie author. She's a really lovely lady as well. Oh, so, cool. um, yeah, definitely worth a go. And her other books, she's got other fairy tale retellings as well. Like, she's got one of, um, it's called Bitter Greens. It's like a Rapunzel retelling and it draws in like the original oh. stories and really, oh, it's amazing yeah rapunzel is the one that for some reason i've always wanted to do a dusty elf fairy tale au of and i think it's because of all those memes of jensen and his eyes (laughs) i think i think that's the only reason why it's stuck in my head (laughs) like i can't help it if he kind of looks like rapunzel okay but yeah yeah. i mean it's right there it's it's right there you know you gotta do it and then you please do it you can bring in the disney thing of whether his hair is blonde or is it really brown oh god i'd start (laughs) (laughs) weigh in on the debate come down on one side the comments would just be drama do it on fire it would be awful I'd, I'd come down on one it. side or the other, blonde or brown, and I'd just watch my subscriber count drop. Just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so many people just like, I draw the line at this. I can't, I can't. You called him brown head. I'm sorry, that's enough. <laughs> I look forward to reading that. Um, um, what we're doing in retelling these fairy tales in fan fiction sort of form is just the continuation of the grand tradition of retelling these tales um except in you know a more modern version yeah if you think mm, about it mm-hmm. um the way that fairy tales used to be told and people would then slightly adapt the fairy tale for their own country after hearing it from somewhere else or their own local area and make it fit some kind of local myth or something like that it's almost like a very early version of transformative fiction so yeah. it's mm, it's definitely kind of linked to what we're doing. Maybe a little less gay, mm. but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> not all of them. Sure some variations were gay throughout the years. <laughs> so. They're just not the ones that got written down. Exactly. Mm. Someone needs to go back and find mm. all those queer fairy tales because they're out there. I guarantee you. <laughs> so. As soon as we can time travel, that is first on the list. Number one priority right there. <laughs> Searching out the Just turn up in medieval France and be like, "Where is your queer fan fiction? Take me to <laughs> where the- are your fairy tales that feature Take queer Take me characters? to the lesbians now. That's our new tagline. I mean, to be fair, that's what I say whenever I turn up somewhere new. It wouldn't just be limited to don't travel. I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> 
too young. <laughs> I think at some point I was going to make some vaguely sensible point about how they work very nicely with Supernatural because we already have so many of those creatures in existence in the show. So even though yes, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, even though they're AUs for the most part, um, they're they're nice AUs to link into certain aspects of mm. canon. Mm-hmm. So definitely. <sighs> yeah, that was the sensible point I was trying to make before I started yelling about lesbians. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> I mean, why be sensible when you can have lesbians? That's my my motto that I like to live by in general. And uh, it served me well. So, you know, yeah, I would keep going with I'd it. I'd choose a lesbian over good sense anytime. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sure there are some sensible lesbians out there. Maybe. <laughs> Oh, so many. That's why I have to have all of the lack of sense, you know, like all the lesbians are out there being sensible. <laughs> all right, where are we going here? We're talking not. about death still. Right, let's go back to the gays. I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Going Massively off on tangents derailed. is just our thing. We do that all the time, so no problem. Um, all right, so shall we talk about one of these fics then? Yeah, what should we start with? Let's do it. Okay, so the first um, story we're going to talk about is called I Will Hang My Head Low. Um, It's by And I'm Entertisting, who we had on the podcast a few months ago. This story was published for the DCBB in 2019, Um, so it has some artwork in it, which is by Corellia. Um, It's Mm. 22,000 words long and it is explicit, and the summary goes like this. Dean Winchester gave up hunting when his brother became the prophesied boy king of hell. Now he ekes out a meagre living, chopping wood for a nearby village, until one snowy night he follows what appears to be a falling star and encounters an injured angel. Afterwards he tries to put the strange night from his mind. When he meets Castiel, a mysterious man with healing powers, they form an instant connection, and the more Dean learns of Castiel's powers to heal, to protect, to purify the more he begins to hope that Sam can be saved. But as they prepare to save Sam, Castiel grows sick and then sicker still. Too late, Dean learns how much Castiel is willing to sacrifice for him. So this story is based, is inspired by the Decemberist's Crane Wife, which is a song by the Decemberists, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And also um, the Crane Wife is a Japanese myth, um, which the song was based so this is like uh, a retelling of a retelling, I guess, as all fairy tales are. Mm. I don't know if I should admit to my bias by saying that I love this fic and I was um, a beta for this fic. <laughs> um, oh, so, nice, 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 nice. Yes. So I love this one very much. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, Sting is generally a, a friend of mine and I do try to stick my fingers into her fix as soon as possible. <laughs> So, <laughs> like, let me in. I want to see it. Yeah. Um, but this is a favorite one of hers um, that she's done in the past few years, as far as I'm concerned. Because um, yeah. I did like the the song and then the entire kind of Japanese folklore that it, it came from to start with. And I think mm. this kind of it's it's she's done it in a sort of general fantasy sort of setting. Um, so yeah. it does feel like very, very rich and like a really good fantasy AU in its own right. Um, but then it has this kind of wonderful like crane wipe myth. I, I, can we talk about the myth without it spoiling the fic, I wonder? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at the summary to see how much the summary actually spoils, but it doesn't actually tell you 
Yeah, it doesn't tell us exactly what happens. Kind of thing. But then for this particular episode, I think all of these, yeah, these fairy tales are going to be pretty well known. Like, we're going to know. Well, that's, yeah, (laughs) I was going to say, like, with Cinderella and with Beauty and the Beast, it's like, well, we do, we have, culturally, we're just aware. But I I didn't know the story that this one was based on. So I was reading it and it kind of took me all by surprise. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, I was the same, actually. I wasn't sure, like, when... You know, Castiel's getting sick, and I'm like, "Oh my god, what's gonna happen?" And then I know. <laughs> you know, I, I guess know. maybe I'm we so can. Stressed maybe, out. maybe we'll put like a spoiler warning on this whole episode so that we can actually talk about the spoilers. But mm. um, so I don't know if this does it actually have like a a temporary main character death tag on it. Like it doesn't. Um, it does. It has tem- uh, temporary okay. major character death. Yes. I think it did. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. so if you read the tags, you sort of get spoiled for that anyway. That he does actually, um, Castile does actually end up dying for a little while. <laughs> then he mm. he does come back. So I just I I missed the like I this terrible habit of not reading tags before I start fix. Generally, I just dive in. <laughs> and sometimes it comes mm-hmm. back to bite me. Like in this one where I was sort of like, oh my god. He's going to die. And then it I know. <laughs> poor Dean, like the angst in this one is quite, quite sad. But, you know. Oh, it really got me. It got me so bad. Yeah. I was sitting on my sofa just, you know, when you're sitting there and you're like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm not fine. Actually, yeah, I'm really actually, not. This, really oh, this one's got me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was so well written. I loved it. Mm. Uh, it does have a happy ending, so don't let that stop you yes. um, from getting mm. into this one. It's got such beautiful kind of fairy tale, uh, almost lyrical writing to it, like the word choices and whatever mm. make it feel like a fairy tale. Definitely. Especially the part at the beginning, you know, the sort of little introduction bit where um, it kind of sets up the premise of the story. Yeah. And it was so high fairy tale and I just had the biggest smile on my face as I was reading it I was like ah I love this I love what I'm getting into I love every part of it I'm ready (laughs) and also as you're going through there I mean she's brought in the like the SPN parts of it really well I guess because there's so Mm. neither of them actually speak to each other properly like they don't communicate what they're like both of them are sort of you can tell that obviously Cass is trying to do something for Dean but he doesn't tell him what it's what he's doing um and Dean Mm. knows there's something wrong but he doesn't actually ask about it so you know they're not communicating and it's just Mm -hmm. like the show really yeah especially I think the the aspect where Dean is paying more attention to Sam even though even though Sam is absent Mm. um he's he's still so caught up on on Sam and his duty to his brother that he's not seeing what's right in front of him um mm-hmm. which just adds yep. to the angst really <laughs> you just want to yell at everybody and bang their heads together and make them sit down like toddlers mm. and talk it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> no <laughs> but i went and i sort of read up a little bit about the myth after having finished the fic and i really liked the way that um that was sort of translated because in the original right it was sort of more greed and like kind of really selfish motivation that caused the the main character to do so much damage to um the sort of the cast figure yeah but that for dean that was completely sort of 
like yeah just adapted in in a different way to make it so that it was such a dean motivation to me to have it be like he's so single focused he's not it's not about himself and, and what he wants it's about trying to help his brother and trying to make something right you know I really liked the way that that was done yeah yeah, and Dean can be so stubborn when he gets into that headspace because, you know, that's yeah. his job, his duty, his calling. And... Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dean, Dean. <laughs> Dean. Now, when it becomes about his, his role as the big brother, his job, yeah, there's no stopping him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't so say, like, I guess it says it a little bit in the, um, in the summary, but um, Sam has been taken away to become the boy king of hell like you know he was betrayed by ruby and the storyline of season four has actually played out the way that ruby wanted it to (laughs) um Mm. so i think that uh the way that sam is portrayed like as being a demon and kind of is is so chilling like i really i thought you did that really well like um i know that the Sam being the boy king of hell is like a trope in it on its own. Like I'm sure we could talk about that at some other time because there's a lot of fic that, that centers on him in that role. But um, I loved that he was, uh, you know, just so evil <laughs> until they, I know I really loved him. it. I was reading it and like, I love the way that there was like no holds barred in a way, you know, like, I don't know what you guys think, but I often find with supernatural canon they sort of set up the possibility of something really dark and scary happening and then they kind of pull back from it a little bit and don't go all the way into it whereas this it's like no he's fully the boy king of hell and he's evil and he is evil like he's so horrible (laughs) like you said really really chilling and i loved it i really really loved it yeah really good and especially Mm. when well, they were able to save him, obviously. Like that's a bit of a spoiler, but you know, <laughs> yeah, a bit obvious that that's going to happen. But um, but yeah, if it's if it's going to have a happy ending, then and they are able to kind of bring Sam out of that, then that's an extra happy ending in my book. I think. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I also loved in this one that they, the romantic parts of this were so sweet. Like they were really. Yeah. They really loved each other all the way through. And they were just really sweet with each other, I thought. It was lovely. I love that fairy tale bond that they had where, you know, Cass was just kind of there. And then there was like, yeah, that's right. That's, yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. And then they just kind of fit together. And I was like, ah, that's so lovely. It's just so romantic and pretty, you know? Yeah. I think that's another reason why fairy tales work so well for these two, isn't it? Because Cass has always had that very like, yep, this is my human kind mm-hmm. of like oh that's so true <laughs> yeah <laughs> profound bonds yep but yes mm-hmm. yeah I was I had to go back and reread the be- the beginning actually because I was like I must have sort of zoned out a little bit when Cass actually showed up at Dean's place and I'm like did he just show up and, the- and then stayed and yeah that's basically what happened that yep. is what happened yeah. came that in and, and happened. Dean was like oh <laughs> you live with me now this is it <laughs> like well okay I guess that's a very fairy tale like you don't have to explain everything in a fairy tale right it's just exactly it's what happens this is what I love about fairy tales it's like something just happens and you're just like yeah well okay yeah that, sure that happened <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, I, I accept this one thing that's that's quite small about this fic that I absolutely love and I haven't seen in very many stories. Um, but in terms of minor characters, there is a uh, a Rowena character in this story. 
But the thing that's wonderful yes. to me is that she has a child aged Crowley. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> so funny and so cute. <laughs> and so when she's talking about his little banger hanging out, it's like, really, really <laughs> so that line has really stuck with me as well. <laughs> such a vivid mental image that I had there and I was like I don't know if I want that mental image but I have it and it is making me laugh so how can I go how can I question it yeah. you know Ca- canon scarred us all with that one blame the supernatural writers for that one and now we're stuck with yeah. it so it works so, so well though when he's a kid and I think also um I'm not sure if it's it's probably tagged but there is some um you know Sam and Rowena um kind of right at the end and which mm-hmm. I love because it means mm-hmm. that Sam is then the Crowley stepdad, which I just really, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I hadn't thought that all the way through. Uh, That's incredible. <laughs> that is one of the best parts of that whole ship, really. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And depending on if you buy into, you know, triplet theory or not, then um, <laughs> technically he could have had mm. Dean, Dean and Sam banging his mom. Let's, let's put that out there. Oh, God. So, uh... <laughs> It's a good life if you're Crowley. <laughs> poor old, poor Crowley. Poor Crowley. Oh, it's such a hard deal, but um, he's so wonderful in, in these in these stories. I love it. Oh. I really liked the way the whole Rowena sort of storyline there with like the way that it, it felt so fairy tale to me in the sense of you know, like we've said before, fairy tales often have that kind of teaching element, right? Of like, yeah. hey, this is morality consider this and so when it came to the Rowena storyline with Dean sort of showing kindness and then that sort of begetting more kindness it just felt so amazingly fairy tale. it was great yeah I do want to give a shout out to Corelia's beautiful art in this story um oh yeah it was amazing yeah the art was lovely and she did like a beautiful like um banner kind of cover for the beginning and then little um scene dividers these like beautiful flowers and it's it's so pretty and it just it fits the whole fairy tale feeling of the whole thing so it just becomes Mm -hmm. a lovely experience to read it (laughs) i was gonna say do people read on is it kindles people read on where they don't get to see the art i know there's some kind of yeah, I some um, way of reading it. It's a shame. I read this on my Kobo and um it did have the flowery scene dividers and I don't remember if the art was in it, but I went back and looked at it online to make sure yeah. it's because it because the Kobo is only black and white, so I don't get the full effect of the art yeah. if it's in there. I was gonna say so if you're one of those readers that reads on a Kindle or some other way where you usually miss out on the art, then please do go to AO3 and love on the artists now and again <laughs> because yes. it really does add something mm-hmm. to the experience of the story sometimes mm-hmm. before we move on can i give one tiny quick shout out to there was a line that i really loved um you know in canon obviously there's the no chick flick moments and i really loved that the fairy tale version of that in this fic was enough sentimentality <laughs> <laughs> that appealed to me so much <laughs> i really love that phrasing perfect <laughs> Uh, you know adaptation there <laughs> loved it mm-hmm. exactly yeah I do love it when authors do that they take something and it's maybe not straight out of canon but they change it to fit whatever AU they're currently using yeah but we're all so kind of winking at it yeah we're, and we're all like yes I know yeah. I know <laughs> we're all so well trained that it just leaps out at us <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you need like a bingo card like, there's one <laughs> canon line that's so true 
awesome. And also, I don't know if you guys find this, but I love how you can kind of often date like when an author probably got into the fandom, judging by like which exact sort of parts they reference the most. And you're like, ah, you came in at season eight, did you? Yeah, I can see it. It's all over. It's all over your writing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so the second fic that we are going to discuss today is Cinderwings by Bending Signpost, who, as we mentioned earlier, we had on the last episode of the podcast. Um, this fic is 181,000 words, so it's a it's a chunky boy, um, and mm-hmm. it was published in 2018. Um, it is explicit, um, and I don't think, I think this was posted as a work in progress. I don't think this was part of any bangs or anything like that, but there is some related art if you check out the links in various endnotes and things, I think. So, the summary goes like this. Under the cover of a masquerade ball, Castiel has five knights to recover the key to his people's freedom. The world has changed greatly in the six centuries since their banishment into the void, but the task isn't impossible. Unfortunately for Castiel, this is going to involve talking to people, especially the knight prince who has taken an interest in Castiel and his costume wings. So this is a Cinderella AU. Um... There's, there's no there's no glass shoes in this one, uh, but we do have some very interesting wings, which obviously are Castiel's real wings, um, which Dean is not aware of until quite close to the end of the, the story. I don't think that's a spoiler in any way to say. Um, but all of the other Cinderella elements, the, the balls, the princes, um, the whole masquerade element are all very much like a, a very key part to this story. So... Yeah. What did you think, y'all? Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I say this every time we like talk about one of Ben's fics, but um, he he's, does such a good job of creating like a full and detailed world. Like every time, um, like this is a this is proper high fantasy like kind of thing. Like there's a full on society, um, you know, for both. Dean and the kingdom and also for the angels that is quite different to anything in Supernatural so or or Cinderella in fact um so he's take done this taken the story and made it his own as he always does yeah and he's done a very detailed job of it with this one right down to like customs and clothing and little things that are you know briefly mentioned in one passing line and you can tell that there's so much more behind that, which he didn't even tell us, probably. But if you asked him, yeah. he would probably know. Mm. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, so the I guess to expand on the summary, the angels have been banished like uh, six centuries ago to the empty, basically, I guess, um, a void where there's no air or light or anything. Um in, that was to get rid of the demons that were that they were at war with at that time, right? Yes. Um, and so the way to get and like it's explained later in the fic, so I won't go into it too much. But basically, he needs to get an angel tablet to release the angels from the void. Um, and to do that, he has to infiltrate the kingdom uh, where King John and Queen Mary um, are the rulers. So they're having a ball to celebrate. Um, Oh, this is such an interesting way to do this whole kingdom thing because there are there are knights and mages, and um, the mage in at the moment in this kingdom 
the mage gets precedence to become king. So Sam will become the king because he is a mage over Dean, who is the knight prince. So mm. that's a complicated way of describing that. But basically, <laughs> Dean, as always, has to protect Sam, um, who is the heir to mm. the throne. And um, the ball is in Sam's honour. And it goes for five nights. And Castiel has to come through a portal each night to go to the ball and leave by midnight so that he can get back through the portal, mm. which is such an interesting way of doing Cinderella and her, you know, having to leave by midnight thing. Mm. There's no pumpkins in this fic. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but everything else is, is wonderful as always. Just a slight quibble there. Just a little quibble. <laughs> yeah, more, no. more pumpkins needed. No. Ten out of ten. Needed more pumpkins. <laughs> I'm always saying that we need to go and we need to get out of here by midnight or we'll turn into pumpkins. So it's just me. <laughs> um, well, in this case, Castiel needs to get out of there by midnight or <clears throat> I'm assuming that the deal is that the portal will close and he'll be stuck there i'm trying to recall what yeah the parameters yeah. were specifically but yes the the portal is keyed specifically to castiel i remember that part so yeah castiel has to dash off into the maze before midnight which becomes a, a problem for him as the as the evenings go on um as it seems on a few occasions like maybe he doesn't really want to leave as much as he should <laughs> after he meets yes. a certain someone <laughs> <laughs> and he and, and at the same time he can't give in because his wings obviously are part of his costume um or, or so everyone thinks and he doesn't want to reveal that they're actually his wings yes until he is forced to do so no no real spoilers there i don't think so yeah i mean obviously you know mm -hmm. that it's all going to come crashing down at some point and i think that's really what ben does the best in his fix is that uh, you know that it's coming. Like, you know that's, that mm -hmm. all of this house of cards is going to collapse eventually, but he does such a good job of drawing out that tension yes. for probably something like 150,000 words, um, you know, before anything happens. So, yeah. yeah it's it's really exactly like we were talking about with him, I think, actually, in relation to the two-person love triangles. This isn't one of those, but it's still you're waiting for that moment that moment yep. where the thing that they do not know becomes known yep. mm. and all of the yeah. readers are on the edge of their seats like oh <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely done Absolutely. in very spectacular style in this fig when it happens oh yeah extremely epic and i i love one of the things i really loved about this the the dancing like no cinderella fig i think would be complete without um dancing yes and there is some mm -hmm. beautiful dancing in this one and they have such a good time together. <laughs> it's just really fluffy, that part. I loved it. Yeah, I thought one of the really Aww. like charming things about the dancing was not only does Dean have to teach Cass because obviously he's not from their world and has no idea how to do any of these kind of medieval style kind of fancy dances that they do. Um, but mm. then Cass goes back to his world and he teaches Balthazar and Hannah. Yes. <laughs> oh. Yeah, they all have a lovely time dancing together. It's so nice. It's so cute. It's lovely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved that aspect of it as well. And also mm. he uh, was so excited to see the sky because he hadn't seen it for 
hundreds of years and hadn't been able to fly properly and um, to see the sky and be able to see the stars and everything but not be able to fly because he was, you know, incognito, I guess, uh, was such a sweet kind of um, angst to that. It was Yeah, um, it was so lovely. And when Dean obviously notices that he's kind of obsessed with the sky, like as soon as he takes him outside or whatever, he's just gazing upwards and Cass just like, uh claustrophobic <laughs> just like yeah, comes up, which isn't wholly untrue as you like read on through the story like he's obviously much more comfortable outside than inside um but i did have a little bit of a chuckle when Cass first came out with that <laughs> yep. as his excuse for wanting to stare at the sky a lot yes there's so many little moments in this one i just thought was so delightful one of my favorite things in the story is actually i really like the relationship between Dean and Sam in this story yeah. because it has a little bit of that kind of canon tension where they they both clearly love each other and they're there for each other and they're doing their duty but they are assuming what the other one thinks quite a lot Yeah. Um, and that there are several scenes in this where they do actually unpack that a little bit and talk about um, the situation that they're in because um as, as we've already done spoilers, <laughs> I guess I can yeah, go on. <laughs> so, so the situation in the world that they live in um, is that obviously when Dean was born, it was assumed that he would be king um, until Sam came along. Um, and not even, yeah. I think, initially when Sam was first born, but when he kind of first started showing his mage powers um, yep. was the point where mm. he was then elevated above Dean um, in kind of the line of succession and everything else. And there's a point where you're reading where you kind of get the impression that, oh, Sam thinks about that a lot more than Dean does. Like, as far as Dean's concerned, that's the way it is. And Sam's his brother and he is there to protect his brother. Whereas mm-hmm. Sam has all these overthinking thoughts about having taken Dean's place in some way. Yeah. Um, and they actually talk about it. I mean, they don't talk about it well, necessarily. <laughs> but... <laughs> they do talk about it let's not go too far let's not reach too high come on now (laughs) there's still the winchesters like ah yes so they do talk about in a very in character winchester way um but i also really like the fact that it was addressed in this and kind of mirrors a lot of things that Mm. maybe they should have talked about at some point in canon and just never did or did talk about you know 10 Mm. years in um but Uh, mm -hmm. (laughs) where you know i think sam in particular is very prone to it of kind of assuming that he knows what dean thinks and Mm. it's it's so i really like the way that that was dressed in this fic and it was done without making either of them the bad guy particularly which which i liked because Mm. nice miscommunication's the bad guy not them specifically (laughs) so Mm. Mm -hmm. and it they're um, kind of bickering and, um, you know, the way they actually speak to each other is very in character too, which I liked. Yes. My <laughs> favourite part of the whole story in terms of a little line or scene or something like that. Um, there's a big climax. Everything goes down. It's very dramatic. Um, when we're in kind of the falling action section afterwards, um, there's a scene where Dean is talking to Cass and they're still at the point where they're not really sure if they can trust each other now that they know that these all, all of the all of the unknowns have come out um, and they're not really sure if they can trust each other so at that point Dean asks well tells Cass that he can ask any questions that he has about about kind of their world and 
you know, any questions that he has that Dean hasn't already addressed. And immediately, the first thing that Cass wants to know is what the hell is up with clapping? <laughs> like, what, what, why does everybody clap? Why does everybody keep waving their hands around Dean? <laughs> and I was just sat there like, okay, <laughs> I guess if you're an angel and you emote and do things with your wings, <laughs> it's probably a bit weird if all these people in the room suddenly just start like seal clapping their hands together for no reason. Yeah, putting, hitting their hands together, yeah. He's <laughs> just like, what's yeah, up with that? Actually and then his follow-up sorry. question is what Dean is doing with his face when he keeps closing one eye all the time. <laughs> but and then from then on he actually refers like in Cass's point of view actually refers to it as winking or yeah but before that it's always like he closes one eye or whatever it's like what (laughs) but no there's like a really big part of the the first half of the fic really is Cass trying to work out what everyone's doing with their face because they have no wings to tell him how emotions work so he's Mm. like um you know, he he smiles and then he smiles with his mouth, you know, like he's he's trying to work mm. out how rather than being able to move his wings to show his emotion, he has to force his face into doing what Dean's doing. So it's really interesting um, way to that. And it, it goes through the whole story, really, like him saying that he frowns, he has to frown with his with his face. <laughs> like specifically with his face. Yeah, like it's a bit jarring at first and then you're like, oh, that's right, he doesn't actually know how to do that. And then by the end, you're just like, oh, this is so cute. Yeah, and it actually becomes kind of a, a marvellous like part of the story, really, in that obviously Dean is flirting with Cass, Cass is flirting back, but Cass genuinely doesn't realise that's what he's doing. He's just copying oh. Dean. Yeah, um, they don't realise. No. I mean, he's fully on board with it, but he doesn't realise that that's what he was doing, um, which is quite charming, really. Yeah. The whole thing is very charming. I, I've been reading it like flat out for the last couple of days and I'm like, honestly, I'm at 91% on my go So I'm dying to read the ending because it's getting really, um, you know, <laughs> building up to that big climax. So um, oh, okay. after we finish recording, I'm like, okay, I'll just quickly go back and read the end. Dive, dive back in. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. No, I love the way this story ends, so. Message me and yell about okay. it when you're done. All right. I, I will. I will do that. <laughs> Yay! Being a, a fantasy reader, um, this is just the way I like my fantasy to be—a fully kind of built world with political kind of, you know, uh, you know, the neighbouring kingdom is where Charlie is the queen. So she has to come and, ah. and talk to them to do trade things, and you know, it's just. The whole world is is fleshed out and really amazing. So Mm. this is my cup of tea. Okay, so we have to mention um, Cass's wings. Um, And the like, so one thing I really loved was the way that Angel's wings are described and like um, the little names they get for the different colours of wings. Like he's a cinder wing because he's got black wings with like grey underneath. Um. You know, and Anna was a flame wing because she had like red on her feathers. And oh, I love that. <laughs> so yeah, cute. it was so beautifully done. And it was a lovely way to kind of, you know, tie the name into the whole Cinderella um, mm. thing as well. There's even a point yeah. where Dean is making a comment about um, bestowing a name upon him because Dean um, thinks that Cass is an orphan um, when they first start. That's kind of his, his cover for not 
having a family to talk about or anything like that specifically. Um, yeah. And so he talks about calling him Castiel Cinderwings, um, which is yeah. it's quite, it's quite charming. The first time he said that, I was like, oh, that's so lovely. I'm just <laughs> calling him Castiel Cinderwings from now on. That's it. Yeah, I was going to say, I really enjoyed um, Belthazar in this fic. He's not like a huge character in it necessarily. He does appear in the um, Castiel POV chapters here and there and then kind of more significantly towards the end. Um, yeah. But I love that he kind of has that very slightly teasing but dismissive attitude that Belthazar has quite a lot in canon and in, in a lot of AUs as well. And um, again, this could be a spoiler. I don't even know if you've got to this part yet. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> So at one point he that the whole point with this masquerade is that their costumes are supposed to kind of get more and more um, extravagant each night as it goes on. Um, unfortunately, Cass has to kind of start this whole process with his wings. It's not like he can take them off. So he's already kind of quite he's like got his his ace out right from the beginning. <laughs> so he has to come up mm -hmm. with with new ways each day to try and change up his costume and, and follow these traditions that they have. Um, and on, I believe it's the last, yes, I think it's the last night, um, Belvazar actually weaves ribbons, like blue ribbons, into his wings, um, yeah. like in between the feathers, which we then yes, find out, <laughs> we then find out and becomes again significant again later, um, is actually like a kind of courtship ritual for angels. <laughs> <laughs> so so Balthazar was really like setting him up to go out there <laughs> yeah. even though Dean had no idea <laughs> but it was it was quite lovely and there are definitely some comments made about that later which are great so <laughs> yeah so definitely worth um investing the time in this one because it is um you know on the longer side as bigs go but um yeah worth it for all that um, beautiful kind of rich world building and yeah, and some really awesome action when, when you get to it. There is a bit of angst kind of sort of the climax of the story has quite angsty kind of sad parts, but then uh, I'm assuming happy ending. I haven't actually got to the end. <laughs> it's happy after that. So, Well, I won't um, tell you. Yeah. You'll find out your own way. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it has to have a happy ending, right? <laughs> this is Cinderella. It has to. Well, <laughs> yes, no, I'm just teasing you. Or it. does it? <laughs> <laughs> now you've got me worried. I'm going to have to go back and read it right now. No, there is a happy ending to this one, I promise. It's somewhat hard one, <laughs> but there is a happy ending to this one. Awesome. The third um, story we're going to talk about today is called True As It, uh, True As it Can Be, and it is by Welvin Wings. Um, it was published back in 2017 for the Destiel Reverse Bang. Is that correct? That is correct. And it's 72,000 words and it's rated explicit. Um, M, do you want to read the summary for us? For sure. Uh, okay. Growing up in a small town in Kansas, Dean learned from a young age that there was only one rule that couldn't be broken. One place he couldn't go. Through the forest to the long abandoned Angel's Hollow. But when mm. Sam disappears, Dean's left with no choice but to follow his brother's tracks through the dangers of the wood. Little does he know that the most dangerous creature of all lurks not among the trees, but in the hollow itself. Dean sets Sam free at the cost of his own liberty, and bound by magic, resigns himself to living out the rest of his days in the hollow at the mercy of the being within. 
The Angel of Angels Hollow, however, has a story, is a prisoner too, as much as Dean is. Only one thing can free them both, but it is impossible, for after all, who could ever learn to love a beast? Who indeed? Oh. <laughs> who indeed? <laughs> so if you haven't guessed by now, <laughs> this is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Um, <laughs> I was half expecting it to be like, if you haven't guessed by now, this is a retelling of The Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> totally should have said that. Um, you know what? This fandom has one of those. So let's <laughs> Really? Actually, it's, oh, it's, really? Uh, oh. Yes, it's a Sobs retelling of the, Lion, yeah, of the Lion King 2, I think. Yes, yes, I remember oh. it now. Uh-huh. It's really oh. good too. <laughs> it is, it's so oh. good. <laughs> oh my gosh, incredible. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think this is one of the first uh, th- things of yours that I read, and I just love the way that that you've written this and sort of um, brought in both the supernatural story elements and the Beauty and the Beast elements, and you've woven them together in such a beautiful way. And I was after I finished reading, and I just I screamed about it to everyone who would listen, and then thought oh. I have got to write. A fairy tale retelling of some kind. So, back then yes. was around the time when I had already started writing this this mermaid thing that I posted last <gasps> week. So, you inspired me to get back into that. No <laughs> way! But several oh. years later, it's finally posted. But thank you. <laughs> this feels like destiny that we're here, and you just no. posted it. Oh, it's all come together. It really well in the end. Oh, and thank you so much. It's it's actually funny you say that because. I was inspired to write the fic, um, partly, of course, by the beautiful art. Um, I remember seeing the the art uh, up on the claims um, in 2017 and just immediately being like, yes, that's that's my one. If I don't get that one, I don't want anything. It has to be that. Yeah. But the reason that I wanted to do a, a fairy tale retelling in the first place is because I was inspired by um, my friend Mish. Mm-hmm. Um, the blogger blogger fun or KK Tibal mm-hmm. never know how to pronounce her AO3 um, she has written a the swan princess uh, fairy tale retelling herself yeah. and so she was sort of posting that over the course of a couple of years and uh, yeah you, you, you see someone else doing it don't you and you're like yep that's I gotta <laughs> yep <laughs> I, I have to <laughs> I didn't actually write down who the artist was for your for your story. It was um, Deli. Uh, delicious irony. Yes. Oh. It was the lovely yeah. Deli that did this one. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, we, we got to work together again. Uh, was it last year? Yeah. For the DCBB, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote a, a royalty AU and we, we got to pair up again. It was great. Wonderful. Yeah, so I guess you've actually um, stuck with mo- like pretty much the whole um, the storyline of Beauty and the Beast um, quite closely. In fact, with, uh, mm. you know, going to going to the castle, like Sam going to the castle first and then Dean going to find him. And, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. quite parallel to the, I guess, wait, was it the Disney version that you were inspired by in that way? Or like, did you look at you older know, I, versions? I would say... Yeah, I mean, sort of a a mixture of the two, but I would definitely say mostly the Disney version because that's been with me for a really long time. You know, it's uh, it's it's 
in the sort of you know you have those stories that are like right there in your bedrock you know like yeah even when you're not writing anything to do with them somehow you can see little flashes of like oh I know where I've got that from or I know why I was inspired to write that scene in that way Mm because I really love that story and I always have done you know and it's one of those for me the the Disney version of the movie of the story sorry yeah oh now I've just found the art that has the rose in it Uh, and Dean looking at the rose oh so beautiful it's so beautiful like you can imagine I was just sort of scrolling through and I saw it and my heart just leapt I was like that is so beautiful yeah I really really want to write for that I think that's the thing with reverse bangs isn't it sometimes you just open up claims and something leaps into your heart Mm. and you're like that's that's the one (laughs) that's that's... the one (laughs) it's gotta be that (laughs) yeah that's that's the way it is definitely I really did like how, yeah. even though you very much used that kind of Beauty and the Beast um, format of Sam first, then Dean, the rest of it, the mm. motivations and the way that Cass ended up for the Beast were very, very uniquely supernatural. Um, yeah. Mm. I really, I, I won't spoil that too much because that's definitely kind of something people find <laughs> out towards the end of the story. So I won't f- spoil that for everybody. Um, but there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of supernatural worked in there. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to try and stitch it all together somehow. So I'm really glad that that, that came off. Mm-hmm. And so Lucifer comes along to, you know, try and get Sam to take him into the Angel's mm. Hollow. Um, is the um, the story, I, I'm trying, I haven't watched the Beauty and the Beast movie for a while. Is the story with the apple and that part of that story or is that something you added to get like I mean, in that angel lore. Yeah, there are different versions of the story. The the Disney movie doesn't have an apple. Um but in other tellings there's uh like uh Maurice the the father or, or like whoever the father whatever his name is, it's not always Maurice. Um he he takes some some form of food and oh, yeah. because of that he has to stay in the castle. That's kind of the reason that the beast is like, no, you can't go anywhere. Um, yep. So that kind of gave me the idea for it. And then it kind of obviously apples got me thinking about sort of the biblical references that I could make. And it kind of grew out from there. No pun intended with the growing. <laughs> <laughs> we love a good yeah, pun. No, embrace I'd... it. So. <laughs> I will embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're also uh, a, fan, a fan of bad puns, so that's fine. It's <laughs> um, good. It's good that you, you clarified that. That's good. <laughs> no, um, I did love the, the fact that, um, you know, Lucifer had, was the CEO of the Gaston company so that you included mm. Gaston in there as oh, well. That was so good. My absolute favourite thing <laughs> is that there's one particular chapter where – I think about 90% of the comments are just people being like, oh my God, I can't believe I only just realised. Yeah, no, it took me a while to work it out too. And I got to that, like, this is on a reread as well. I got through it to that point and I was like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Wait a second. Ah, So good. (laughs) It it does my heart so much good. Every time I get a comment like that, I'm like, ah, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, And you also brought in that... um, the extra characters in the castle as ghosts, which was an um, yeah. interesting take on that. Was that always um, the way you intended to do it or were you going to try and have, I don't know, 
the footstool and the... <laughs> I love like how really you kind of linked those aspects in a little bit, though. Like, they're still connected to mm. a thing, even though yeah. we yeah, see like them. We don't see like them. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. I think... I didn't want to go because the the tone of the fic in general that I was kind of aiming for was something that wasn't too kitschy. Is that the right word? You know, something yeah. that was a bit more kind of it had a little bit of grit to it. Um, and I think having Charlie turn up as an actual armoire might have been uh, <laughs> taking the edge off a little bit. You know, <laughs> yes, no, no, like that's the kind of. I feel like that's what it's intended to do in the Disney movie, at least, right? You know, like, you've got all this scary stuff happening, but it's a kid's movie, so you want to have some fun, and there's a wardrobe that talks. But, um, you know, for me, I I wanted it to be, uh, yeah, something that didn't quite sort of puncture the atmosphere in the same way. And this was was my best solution that I had for it. I definitely wanted to keep the, the sort of the family feeling in the castle, because that is, yeah, that's really what, is the heart of the story for me. Um, I remember, I remember when I first watched the Disney movie, and I, I, yeah, I, I remember thinking the first thing that I um, had in my mind when I saw, you know, Mrs. Potts and Chip and uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth and all these characters and th- how they were just living in this castle. And I remember thinking, but this castle is terrifying. Like this castle is horrible. It's a nightmare. How can you just be living a life there you know like how are you what's going on (laughs) like how can you possibly be happy how can you be smiling how can you be singing songs and as sort of time went by that that theme has become really important to me you know um I think (laughs) probably in a way that we can kind of all relate to at this point with the world the way that it is you know like when something really big and bad is happening in your surroundings but you can still you know there's that message of like you can still make a life here you can still find family and belonging here so you know to keep that element of the story really strong or as strong as I could make it in in the fic was really important to me and it also ties back into supernatural as well because obviously the found family element of that is really important um Mm-hmm. To a lot of people, maybe not the the showrunners, given the ending, but <laughs> let's not go there. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, okay, too too salty. <laughs> Just the right amount of salty, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no, I I always even now, like after reading these fix now, I really appreciate the um, when found family is a big kind of focused mm. on thing because it just that's what I love about the show and bringing in all those extra characters and making them a family in this big scary castle is, um, you know, it's just right for this story, this, um, you know, both of the stories that you've brought in here. It is very wonderful and I loved your specific choice of who you decided to have as these side characters as well because obviously we've got quite a lot of different options when it comes to side characters in Supernatural. We've got like 15 years worth to go through. Um, <laughs> yeah, yep, there's one or two of them. Yeah, one or but two. Um, <laughs> the way that you had... Charlie like pestering Dean for like a dressing montage for like several chapters <laughs> yes. and then when he eventually finds his place in the found family and kind of accepts it as his own and then he kind of like 
gently suggests to her that they do that. That was just mm, so wonderful to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's, oh, he's that's so when you know you that like he's it. really in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he's decided this is actually okay. I can do this. I actually like this. Dress me. <laughs> <laughs> Dress me, wardrobe lady. <laughs> yep. I did like that um, those little uh, canon lines or moments did pop up in unexpected places like you're sort of in the Beauty and the Beast mindset with, with the story continuing in a certain way and then all of a sudden there will be montage mention. You'd be like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm reading a supernatural story. Ah, I just remembered what I'm doing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> cool. And I do get every time I read a, uh, or watch Beauty and the Beast especially, um, I always just end up with um, Be Our Guest or one of those songs stuck in my head for weeks afterwards. Yes. But um, yeah. thank, so thank you for not including too many actual song references in this because <laughs> I didn't end up with that. It was good. <laughs> oh, you know, I always say this. There are so many of my fics that I've titled with song lyrics or song titles and I keep doing it and I shouldn't because I literally I get the email like, AO3 says you've got kudos and I'm like oh nice and I open it up and then I've got like five different songs in my head at once just boom yeah (laughs) (laughs) and true as it can be is obviously part of a song in Beauty and the Beast and and this is yeah it's part of the problem I'm just gonna say it (laughs) (laughs) it's a good problem to have it is is. a nice song yeah (laughs) it's it's funny because I when I was thinking about what to title the fic I, my first thought was, um, well, I should just call it Taylor's Oldest Time because that's like the main line of the song. And then I remembered I already have a fic that's called that. So oh. I had to go with the next line of the song. Um, Damn it. And I want to say that there was more thought into it than that. But honestly, that was about the level that I was on. Oh. <laughs> Title's hard. They're Title hard. is hard. Yeah, oh. titles, titles are really and summaries, hard. man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. The worst. Nightmare. <laughs> and it's just good that so many song like lyricists have come up with good combinations of words that work. Yes. <laughs> <titles>. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So you know sometimes you read a line or a series of lines in a fic and it just produces such a crystal clear image in your head and it just like hits you right mm. in the chest and you just like you stop for a tiny second and I don't know if anyone else does this but I will literally put down my phone and I have to like stand up and walk a circle yes. for a second and, then, yeah. <laughs> and sit back down okay so you have one of those in for this fic for me <laughs> no you really? d- you do <sighs> so um in the iconic beauty and the beast scene where in in, in this story obviously it's uh Cass fighting and Lucifer um and then dean is is you know trying to run towards him and and help and all the rest of it i could see that whole fight like playing Mm. out in my mind (laughs) i was just like oh no Mm. even though even though like you know a happy ending is coming but even so you're there and you're in the moment (laughs) so you're just like no (laughs) and then you have the the line which i mean it was in the disney movie i think it's in almost like every 
almost every version of this there's some kind of variation of this line uh, where mm-hmm. Dean looks up at Cass after after the moment with the rose and it all happens and he says it is you mm. and you realize that he oh, finally yeah. recognizes who Cass is and at that point like the phone went down and up I got and I was like oh. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it was a lot okay it was just a lot and I had to take a moment <laughs> Uh, oh yes i mean i had to include it i had to and i mean again i don't want to sound like i'm like getting really pretentious and way too deep with stuff but that line it like it's again that whole sort of scenario it just means a lot to me like i'm i'm a non-binary person and there's something so profound and moving to me about someone's appearance not quite matching what they feel like inside mm-hmm. and then someone who they really care about maybe seeing them as they really are and being like oh it is you like I can mm. feel the emotion like rising in me like just thinking about it it's yeah it really hits me so I, it had to be in there you know it had to be yep. in that story <laughs> and you did it so well like that is the whole feeling that comes through in that scene where it's like oh he's finally oh. seeing him <laughs> <It's>, yeah <laughs> Oh, emotional. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, well, thank you. I'm really glad that that came across. I'm really, really glad. <laughs> so good. A beautiful moment in a beautiful fic overall. So. Oh, I'm definitely puddling. I promised you I would, and I'm doing it. <laughs> it's all right. We'll mop you up after. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> I'll go on a different tangent to being puddling. Um, <laughs> the, the very beginning of this... Big, uh, not just the beginning, but ah. the, the the early parts where they're sort of going into Angel's Hollow um, mm. is some of the most terrifying atmospheric writing that I've read in a in a fanfic. So um, ah. I just wanted to say thank you for that too, because I I appreciate oh. being scared out of my wits sometimes, <laughs> and uh, and that one got to me. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. it was my honour to terrify. <laughs> Yeah, you did such a beautiful job of building the tension about Angel's Hollow over those first, I don't know, I'm say like five chapters, maybe just off the top of my head, yeah, um, yeah. of like building mm-hmm. it up to be this kind of mythical oh. thing <laughs> that even though we hadn't yeah. seen it yet, we knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and There's as you got closer. There. It's a big and, deal. Mm. And I think also the other thing I need to say is that um, including baby as like um the horse stand-in kind of thing was genius (laughs) (laughs) oh thank you (laughs) and i i mean the car's almost a character on its own and this has got like a magical kind of things going on with you know the radio Mm -hmm. and the um yeah so that was like really cool and getting like taking the car into the forest and all that was just really terrifying loved it it's one of those you can't not have baby, you know, you just, you can't not. And that was one of the first uh, sort of images that came to me as I was trying to, you know, think about how I wanted to go about writing this fic. Um, was just Dean like pelting through this forest that was sort of the branches all tearing at the car, like trying to stop him. Yeah. And he's just breaking on through anyway. And it kind of all, that's one of like the starting points that I had and it kind of grew out from there. So, yeah. Well, um, 
And very I wanted it to be scary. Yeah. And I'm glad it worked. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, so much of fanfic um, that I write is uh, fluffy. You know, it's like happy and cute. And I, I try and keep it light and not go sort of too far into really dark stuff. But every now and then I'm like, you know what? Let's try this. Let's just give this a go. Yep. Absolutely. Um, it's always fun. Uh, that's one of the wonderful things about being fanfic writers, I think, as opposed to writing anywhere else. It's so easy for us to just switch genres and do whatever we want to do. And our yeah. readers are generally so forgiving of that. that they're just yeah, like, oh, well, I trust so to, do, to do this one thing. And I read this and I liked it. And this is yes. a whole different genre, but I'm in. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. go for it. And, and totally. I love that. And that we have the freedom to do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why adding the tags is such a wonderful thing in AO3 because you mm. you can just completely change genre. You can have a non, you know, a sad ending if you want to, as long as you tag it as such and tell people, whereas you don't probably don't yeah. get that with authors in, in actual published books who change genres. So true. Um, you don't know what mm-hmm. you're getting, whereas in on AO3 we generally do. That's such a good point. Yeah. I wrote a zombie AU which um, oh, yeah, very different from my usual fare. And it was just, you know, along the lines of what Mal was saying, it's just, it was so nice to get those comments from people who were like, I would never normally touch this, but I've read your other stuff and I trusted you and I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed it. And it's so nice to be able to sort of go across genres but feel like you've still created something that feels like, you know, it's recognizably yours so people who get enjoyment out of your writing can still get enjoyment out of this other genre it's I don't know I find it really helps to I don't know what you guys think but when I'm writing it really helps me to find my voice you know throughout like different genres different styles different stories yeah no I completely it it helps agree with that because I'm somebody that pretty much switches genres every time I post a fic <laughs> pretty much oh yeah um, yeah I've got <laughs> nice. like, I've usually got a bunch of different things on the go at once um but I really do mm-hmm. like kind of trying new things and grabbing an idea and taking it in a different direction but at the same Ooh, time it's yeah. still always me writing it <laughs> so it just mm. mm-hmm. so and it's it's I don't know it's a lot of fun and I don't think any other form of writing really, really gives you that in in the way that we are handed the the reins and allowed to just do whatever we want so true Mm -hmm. it's very freeing i guess that's why it's such a good uh, place for people who are new to you know writing who are trying to develop their craft i guess to try out you know it's a bit of a sandbox i guess for Mm -hmm. finding your voice and trying to find um the best way that you know to tell a story Definitely. And I was saying to, I can't remember who I was talking to. That's not important. Um, I was saying the other day how I really love how in fandom creation doesn't feel lonely in the way that it often does when you're making something, you know, with original characters. Um, Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, like it was just like you said, it's the sandbox and it feels like... um, 
almost like you've got a, a whole bunch of people in the same sandbox kind of all looking at the same thing you know and kind of poking at it and being like what is that I mean do you, yeah. should we shape it like that do you like it like this oh what if we did that and you know it's kind of that community element that's just it's so inspiring so motivating yeah, yeah. yes a hundred thousand percent that <laughs> mm. <laughs> because whenever I'm working on original stuff it's such a lonelier experience compared to working mm. on fanfic obviously it's you know still something I'm enjoying doing and I'm enjoying the act of doing it and, and the world that I'm creating but whenever I'm writing fanfic I'm usually talking about what I'm writing with somebody whether it's specifically mm. like a beta for that fic or if it's just a, a more general like I'm going to rage tweet about this dumb thing I just did on Twitter right now <laughs> <laughs> or I'm going to share this uh -huh. stupid typo or I'm going to share this line that, that I'm proud of or whatever um, mm -hmm. you can you can share and it's fine whereas you just can't do that with original fiction in the same way yeah so true because no yeah. one knows what you're talking about yet yeah, <laughs> yeah. and even, even if they yeah even if they appreciate it they're not going to get it in the same way <laughs> mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. so M, do you uh you write original fiction as well or are you just writing fanfic at the moment um i'm actually in the middle of writing a short story for an anthology that was uh how to phrase that uh, an anthology that's going to be published by a little indie publisher set oh, up by Unforce the, from the, the Duck Prince Press Anthology. It's the Duck Prince one. <laughs> That's yeah. the one. That's the one. Um, and I'm doing a, <laughs> funnily enough, speaking of retellings, I'm doing a uh, coffee shop AU retelling of the Hades and Persephone myth. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And I'm really excited about it. It's It seems like a, yeah, it's going to be a really, a really fun thing to write. So, and I, I feel almost like, um, I feel like I'm cheating in a way, you know, how we were just saying that, uh, writing original stuff is, is lonely and you don't have the people who are sort of pre-invested in your characters and stuff, but I'm like, well, consider I'll use characters from myth. And then I do have those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of, yeah, a retelling. Uh, cheeky. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> Can't Thank you so much. Yeah, it's coming out no, later I in am, the year, right? That's the right. Yeah, one. and I, I am trying really hard to to work towards um, sort of my own longer original stuff. It's just it's that it's that motivation that we were talking about. It's it's hard to not feel like you're completely on your own when you're writing something that's just your characters, your story, all your own brain. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because as much as we complain mm. about it, and as much as there are so many disagreements and petty arguments about things all the time, fanfic in general is such a community. Like there's, mm. always, there's always something going on. There's always somewhere to go where you can chat with people. And yeah, there are plenty of people out there who maybe don't see things the way you do. Everyone has different interpretations, different ships that they like, things mm. like that. But you can always find people in your corner so true yeah. so true it's like you can find people who you connect with on just the level that you need yeah yep um actually while we're still we're talking about your stuff i have to say one of the stories of yours that i really 
am like the biggest fan for and I'm telling you now is um a priori and that you're writing oh, currently with yes. um, Mitch with KK Tibal. Um mm-hmm. and it's a big Harry Potter verse kind of crossover it sure I guess. Is. Um it which sure is. I love with all of my heart. Um oh, can you give me you. an inside tip on <laughs> what you could be publishing more? <laughs> Uh, we're absolutely going to be publishing more. There is never any question. I know that, that, you know, these chapters take a long time. They're sort of little fixing themselves almost. And with our two grown up people trying to figure out schedules and writing together, it's always a, a whole thing. But yeah. we've got, you know, we know the end game of this story. We've had it all planned out. We keep adding details and changing things. It's it's so intricate and uh beloved for us you know it really means a lot to us so it's not abandoned there will be more I promise (laughs) well no pressure no pressure like I know (laughs) I know how hard it can be to actually um, work on things with a co-author a little bit like we've both done it before as well hey Mel and so uh, yeah um but yeah I'm I'm waiting on 10 talks to find out what's going to happen next you know Mm. you've hooked me in I'm so glad. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's it's so it's so much fun. That story, writing it is a completely different experience to writing any of my other fics. I just have, you know, when I write other fics, I go through like a little roller coaster where I'm like, this bit is fun, but oh, this bit is really difficult, and oh, I don't like how I did this. But with a priori, it's just I love it. Every single thing every moment that I spend writing it I'm just having the time of my life well it comes through in the writing you know like reading it is just such (laughs) a lovely experience like every time oh I'm Um, so glad like when I think I'm pretty sure it's um our friend Lana Lana Sarah who's also a big fan of it and when the last time the last time an an update came through we both kind of screamed at each other in DMs we were like (laughs) did you see So um yeah we'll be oh, all over that's so nice. when you want to that's update so more. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we always want to. It is literally a question of the practicalities of it. That's all that holds it up. If you could, I mean, we were speaking of time travel. If if we could figure that out, I mean, this fic would be posted in a matter of weeks. You know, <laughs> <laughs> we would be able to just if we could just go back in time yeah we're always saying that we need the time turners like i've got one on my handbag Mm, that doesn't seem to work very well sadly (laughs) that's true i've got i've got two of them one's a one's a keyring and and one's a necklace you'd think i could make use of them but apparently not (laughs) i've been saying for years that i need a time turner and then a lovely friend gifted me with one and it now just like hangs oh. next to my computer and guilt trips me every time I'm not doing anything. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's that muggle mood. <laughs> yeah. It would work. Yeah, it's it's funny because having sort of just said in the context of true as it can be about, about sort of being non-binary and obviously in regard to Harry Potter, that's become... Uh, yeah, a, a more difficult area, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would, I suppose you would kind of think, I thought that it would become harder to interact with a priori um, after all of that kind of came to the fore. 
Um, And I was really worried about it. You know, I was thinking like, oh, I love writing this fic and I don't want to let anyone down who's waiting on it. But what if I can't? And then I got back to writing it and I was like, actually, no, this is fine. I've decided that this is our own, actually. And there is no way that we're letting it go. Oh, that is the the power of fan fiction right there. Like reclaim it entirely. (laughs) There it is. Definitely. This belongs to us now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we want to like recommend any other well i have one to recommend actually (laughs) oh no (laughs) (laughs) what could it be here we go (laughs) yes well she didn't want to mention it but our very own ellen just put out a lovely um fairy tale au story which is based on the little mermaid um, it's called Wish I Could Be, and it is just over oh. 50,000 words. Um, mm-hmm. It was just posted, well, a few days ago now, like fresh off the press with this one. <laughs> um, it, it has some lovely art in it. It has Sam. Sam has a dog. Um, there are mermaids. There are... <laughs> <there's>, uh, <laughs> Like all of the the lovely plot points that you like from The Little Mermaid, add a lovely supernatural sprinkle over the top of them. Lots of lovely references that will make you stop and go, oh, I know where that's from. Um, (laughs) I just love this fic so much. I fell absolutely in love with it when I read it. Um, I was lucky enough to get like a behind the scenes sneak of it before it was posted. (laughs) And it was one of those ones where the second it posts, you're like, right, I have to dive on this and kudos it because it needs my love now. (laughs) It well, it can't wait even a second. Not, not even one second. Not a second. I think I might actually have been the first person to kudos this fake. Oh, <laughs> I think you were. The honor. The honor. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's just so lovely. Um, oh. one of the things that I love, which I'm I'm going to bring up specifically that um Ellen did in this fic is they, um, in this particular version um what ellen did with the mermaids she has a non-binary hannah in this story um but what she did was actually (laughs) something in that she kind of made essentially kind of all mer are non-binary until they choose when they're older or choose not to choose um and it's it's just so well done and just like flows into the story that it's never a point that's made and I think it's so like mm. wonderful mm-hmm. how normalized everything is in their world. And you kind of mm-hmm. look at their world and go, okay, that's the kind of world we need. Apart from, yeah. apart from some other stuff that's going on, which I won't. <laughs> 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 we could probably do without the big tentacle lady issues. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. We yeah. can do without that. <laughs> Not everyone would agree with you, but. Well, given some of the stuff I've written, I probably have to throw my own hands in the air there. But. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how again complete this world feels like the world building and everything with the mermaids in this is fantastic oh. it's not just you know Castiel with a tail like there's a whole world mm. and culture and it's it's wonderful please go read it okay everybody go read it <laughs> thank you Mo. I'm taking this as a personal directive and I will do it so <laughs> yes sir <laughs> Have I embarrassed you enough now, Ellen? <laughs> Thank you. I'll try and extract myself from the cushions. <laughs> now who's puddling? Now. Yeah. It took me a really long time to write that story, and I'm really glad that it's out now. 
<laughs> and then um and people seem to be enjoying it so far oh what a feeling yeah i guess the other one other fic that you've already mentioned it em actually earlier was the the owl prince Ooh. um the by kk tuval i read that one a few years yes. ago too and it's such a beautiful story mm-hmm He's, he's an owl some of the time and the rest of the time he's human, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that's Dean right. doesn't really understand what's happening. And it's just an uh, mm-hmm. achingly beautiful story. I did love that one. It is. It's um, gorgeous. It's so lovely. And it's uh, the way that <laughs> the way that that story came to be, um, Mish... Uh, and the artist for the fic, I, I don't know if you guys have seen the art for it, but it's done by um, oh. an artist who's not in the fandom anymore, but she was for a while, Casta Halo. Um, mm-hmm. And the two of them tricked me into watching The Swan Princess with them right before my birthday um, and then gifted me the first sort of few chapters of the fic and then the art on my birthday itself. And oh. it was the best birthday I've ever had. It was incredible. Aww. Um, that's lovely yeah and well I've just the, realized yeah, the art yeah, is gorgeous on the day we're posting this it's actually my birthday so <laughs> finding mm. out about all these new fix is my birthday present because I'm gonna have a lot of reading to do wonderful happy birthday man happy future everyone birthday to myself <laughs> everyone get Yay. on twitter and go and tell her happy birthday oh no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> you don't have, don't have to embarrass me <laughs> um yeah, I just opened it up and I did see some art and it is absolutely gorgeous. No, I hadn't seen the art. Oh, I don't know why. It's so beautiful. And the writing is amazing. It's just... Yes. It's a whole package, you know? <laughs> yes, it's we will really have to beautiful. get that one linked um, for everybody and so that I can go and read it as well. Because mm-hmm. I yeah. loved mm-hmm. the Spawn Princess movie when I was a kid. Like, oh, I absolutely incredible. loved it. <laughs> so It's so good. <laughs> No, there's also uh, Obey His Word by the blogger blogger fun or KK Tibel, uh, which is a retelling of Ella Enchanted. Um, oh. Yeah, so Cass has to obey the word of uh, anyone who tells him what to do. And it's um, the crossover is it's not set in sort of a fantasy world it's set in more of a supernatural style hunting kind of world um, oh i think i have read that one. Mm. Oh yeah <laughs> Sorry. there's a uh, really strong element still of the of the fairy tale in there so it's a it's a lot of fun it's really really good stuff awesome excellent um there's a, a bunch of different uh, fairy tale retellings in our corner of the fandom um Okay, so I'm going to list them all in the um, in the blog post. So if you're interested in, in uh, some more fairy tale retellings, there should be some more at mixtapebookclub.com. At the moment in the fandom, we're we're really lucky because there's a lot of things posting at the moment. Like we've got Pine Fests posting, we've got the Media Bang Fix posting. There's a lot of um, sort of the buzzy content bee bang just as well. The, 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 the Buzzy Bee bees. thing. Mm-hmm. There's also the, um, the the zine that we've been working on, the um, SPN Quarantine Zine, is out. You can uh, donate a bit of money to the um, a tree charity and you get a zine full of fix and artwork and things. So there's a, like a bit of a glut of content at the moment, which is fantastic for, for our fandom. So um, I hope mm-hmm. everyone's enjoying all the new stuff 
And I hope also that if you uh, if you've read like a, a new fic recently that you really loved, then you know tell us about it, and then we can you know prioritize the the things that people want to talk about. Um, because you know we're always looking for new um, topics to talk about. So let us know. To do that, you can get in touch with us um, on any of the social platforms like Twitter and Instagram and all those things. We're um, Mixtape Book Club on most of those. Um, or you can email us, contact at mixtapebookclub.com. Or you can chat with us in the Profound Bond Discord server in our Mixtape channel there. Um, we have to say a big thank you to you, Em, for coming to talk to us about this today. Oh, no, thank you guys so much for having me. It was so much fun. Oh, it was lovely to get to talk to you, especially as we've yeah. fangled over you for years. So <laughs> <laughs> extra lovely. Yeah. Oh, you just had to repuddle me at the end there, didn't you? Yeah. Couldn't let me get away. Yes. Couldn't have you leaving <laughs> leave you in a puddle. sensible piece. No. <laughs> Please come and join us for our next episode where we will be discussing Kid Fix in the Destiel fandom. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. My tea is really cold now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went with a, a hot squash and oh, yeah. I thought that I'd regret it, but I'm actually, you know, it works cold as well. So the fact that it's cooled oh, yeah. off is not terrible. Sweet. Oh, I miss hot squash. Mm. <laughs> when I visited the US and there was no hot squash option, oh. my God. <laughs> It actually took me a, a little while to realize that they, it was just something they didn't have here. And I was trying to find like a comparable because they were like, oh, so it's like watered mm. down juice. And I was like, no, no, not at, not at all no, like watered down no, juice. It's cordial. <laughs> when, when we got over there and we, because we lived in, in the UK for a few years and then we like, mm. um, it's it's called cordial here. And to like, but cordial is a slightly different thing. I think it's like. Squash is like actually like fruit flavored, right? Like it's actual fruit mm-hmm. juice that's been made into a cordial, right? Whereas our other cordial is just like sugar, basically that has a bit of flavoring, a bit of a <laughs> red flavoring or green flavoring. But um, yeah, we were really confused by that when we got there. But but you saying that just took me right back. <laughs> ah, a little yes. bit of nostalgia for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> At least I've got some real PG tips today, so you know. <laughs> Yay! Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was on full tea cold turkey when I was out there because, I mean, they, I, I was staying with my friend and she didn't even have a kettle. I mean, no. The mind boggles. <laughs> Kettles are easier to get now than when I first moved here. Like 10 years ago, it was so difficult to find a kettle of any kind mm. in this country. And I think now, mm-hmm. I think now tea mm-hmm. is a bit more popular than it used to be. And um, it's, so it's gone like the other way. Now they have these like really fancy kettles that are like Bluetooth and like like super fancy like a, whoa, a big coffee whoa, maker. Like, I just want all I want to do is plug it into the wall and have it boil water. That's literally all I want. I don't want to pay three hundred dollars for a kettle that can sing. Okay. Yeah, I'm like what? What do you need a kettle to do except turn on and off? Like really? Oh no. Uh, 
Yep. The oh. first time I saw someone heating up water in a microwave, I was like, what the hell? Oh. No. Oh. I was horrified. Nah. And it <laughs> makes awful tea because the water doesn't get, like, properly right. yeah, it's hot not enough. Boiling. Yeah, no. it's just, oh, yes. it's so nasty. It's warm. <laughs> yeah. It's gross. And then, like, because it's always, when you heat it up in the microwave, it's always, like, already in the mug. So then you have to add tea bug tea bag <laughs> to water instead of water to tea bag. Oh, no, and, like, no, that's it's all It's wrong. the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah. And it, uh, it gets this, what like, this, like, weird frothy quality when it's baked in the microwave for yes. some reason. <laughs> oh. like, it's, it, no, it's wrong. Uh. Terribly wrong. <laughs> I'm going to have to add this at the end of the episode so you can hear us bagging <laughs> American tea makers. British, British rage about tea. Uh, yeah. uh, it's okay. Well, don't kick, um, don't kick me out, uh, America. I love you really. <laughs> there are a few friends who, if they listen to me talking about tea in this way, they'll be like, it doesn't taste any different. You're just being pretentious. Stop it. And I just want to take a moment to say to them, you're wrong. You're so wrong, and you don't have any opportunity to say anything right now. So I, I feel like it. if you're if you're British, though, the one thing that you must be pretentious about is tea. Like, yes. I mean, yeah, maybe that is. <laughs> it's just written into the DNA at this point. Yep. <laughs> okay, tea tangent. Let me have one more right. sip, and then I'll tea move on tangent. to Cinderwinds. <laughs> 